I remember a conversation that we had and it went something like, Hey, are we, are we posers? Are we like, are we legit? We have a podcast about quitting your job yet. Neither of us have done it. And what we decided was we wanted to bring people along for the journey. Uh, Talk about, you know, the steps that we were taking uh, in our businesses and in our lives to set us up for that. And uh, six months into it, Ken quit his job. It was just a wonderful day. Um, And uh, I'd say I'm next in line. Welcome, fellow entrepreneurs, to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we talk about Amazon Wholesale and how you can use it to build an e-commerce empire, a side hustle, or anything in between. And now, your host, Todd Welch. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 53 of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, and we have a great one today. So you're building your business, you're trying to build your business, you're just getting started in the Amazon wholesale world, whatever the case may be. You're probably thinking to yourself that someday it would be pretty awesome if I didn't have to go to my nine to five job and then also work on the business that I'm trying to build. So today I'm bringing on a a good friend of mine, Ken and his partner, David, and they have started a podcast called Firing the Man, where they talk about the journey to leaving the corporate world, your nine to five for good. And since starting the podcast, Ken has left his job and David is in the process of leaving his job. So today I sit down with them both and we talk about our own journeys of leaving our jobs and tips and tricks on how you can prepare yourself to leave your job and do business full time. I think you're really going to like this. If you want the show notes or the transcript, check out entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash 53 for this episode. And of course, check out their podcast, firingtheman.com or look it up on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I guarantee you will get a lot of really good information on that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with Ken and David. All right. So Ken and Dave, I really appreciate you guys joining me for the show today. Why don't you guys tell us a, a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got started firing the man? Yeah, I'll jump in there. So uh, my background is uh, not entrepreneurial. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, my first job was kind of like uh, selling peaches at a roadside stand, right? And uh, I, I've, I've had probably 25 different jobs moving, you know, throughout uh, being a teenager to where I'm at now. So, uh, I've, I've been, uh, you know, doing the entrepreneurial journey for about three years now. And, you know, to, to get there, I, you know, the last 15 years, uh, I was a network engineer in uh, telecommunications. So just kind of, uh, you know, working through that. And, and I've always been interested in, in solving problems, which, uh, you know, for an entrepreneur, that's pretty much what we do every day. Uh, but yeah, so my background is a network engineer. And, you know, one day I just, uh, my, da- my daughter said, Hey dad, watch this YouTube video. And I, I, I was watching it and then somebody's ad popped up for selling on Amazon. 
And, and I was like, Oh really? What's this? So I checked it out and, you know, within a, probably three months I had an, you know, had an LLC and was, was selling on Amazon. And, you know, that was about three years ago. So it's kind of a quick snapshot of my, of my background, Todd. Nice. Very good. And, and you and I know each other through Scott Volker. We met at his conference and it's been, uh, you've actually left your job since then, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the whole, the whole uh, obviously the goal is to work for yourself, you know, and um, yeah, in uh, June of this year, I was able to, my businesses were at a point now where they were sustaining, you know, they could sustain a salary and they were growing and it was, it was, uh, I had an opportunity with my current employer. It was a good time. So yeah, I, um, I left the, uh, you know, employment from someone else to um, uh, employing myself now. So it's been about five months and, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good ride. And, uh, I, I was nervous, you know, leaving, we can get into that later, but I, I was super nervous leaving my job. Uh, now I have, I have, a uh, an anxiety of ever having to go back and work for someone else, you know, for sure. Definitely hear you hundred <laughs> percent. All right, David, how about you? Yeah. So, uh, going way back to, uh, my childhood, I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and uh, one of my first entrepreneurial ventures was a pumpkin farm. I've got four younger brothers, and uh, we had a big pumpkin patch, and, and you know, I got into that around age 10 and uh, did it all the way through high school and really enjoyed it. Uh, I went to college, uh, entered the business school, and my, uh, I decided on accounting and finance as my majors and uh, enjoyed that, ended up going to work for a consulting firm. A business consulting firm where I did uh, mergers and acquisition work, litigation support, uh, forensic accounting, and got to work on a lot of cool projects and uh, have been at that firm for about eight years. And so um, have been learning quite a bit uh, every year that, that I'm there, uh, but started getting into e-commerce about four years ago. And what made me get into it was uh, I went home to visit my parents and my mom said, hey, Alexa, order some laundry detergent. And keep in mind, my mom is not tech savvy at all. Mm -hmm. But we lived in a rural area and it was so much easier to order off of Amazon as opposed to getting in the car and driving into town and getting laundry detergent. And uh, for whatever reason, that really clicked with me that, hey, e-commerce is here to stay. And so I started dabbling in it kind of as a hobby. And you know, over time, it just kind of grew into something more than that. And I uh, wanted to meet some like-minded people. And so I started the St. Louis e-commerce meetup. And that's where Ken and I met. And uh, it was funny, we were both talking his, uh, both of our significant others, uh, get tired of us talking about e-commerce. Like my wife can only listen to me talk about PPC and ACOS for so long. For sure. And so I met Ken. And it was like, I had this someone to vent to, someone who like really liked to nerd out on e-commerce stuff with me. And uh, so we'd get together probably once a week and have a beer and talk about our businesses. And uh, after doing that quite a few times, Ken threw out the idea of, hey, let's let's start a podcast. Let's uh, We can continue to have our beer, uh, but let's record it. And, uh, and so, you know, we're coming up on one year, our one year anniversary of the Firing the Man podcast. And it has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and I've uh, definitely learned quite a bit uh, throughout the the process. 
Yeah. And that is awesome. And what you guys talk about primarily on that podcast is helping people and other people leave their jobs, right? And your guys' story about doing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will uh, I will say that the title, Firing the Man, is kind of abrasive, right? And uh, when Ken and I started that, uh, we were both employed. Um, I still am employed full-time. I remember a conversation that we had and it went something like, hey, are we, po- are we posers? Are we like, are we legit? Are- we have a podcast about quitting your job, yet neither of us have done it. And what we decided was we wanted to bring people along for the journey. Uh, talk about, you know, the steps that we were taking uh, in our businesses and in our lives to set us up for that. And uh, six months into it, Ken quit his job. It was a, just a wonderful day. Um, and uh, I'd say I'm next in line. It's a huge step. Um, I've kind of come and went from the uh, working for the man myself because I actually quit back in 2018 and I didn't know my numbers as well as I thought. And so I ended up going back and now I've just recently left again. And it definitely feels fantastic to be out on your own and uh, running a business. So Ken, you've left already. David, you are working towards leaving. Um, So let's uh, dive into those stories and kind of how you guys went about preparing for that stuff, because I'm sure other people are probably in the position or hope to be in the position someday to be able to leave their jobs. So uh, what's been your guys' path for that? Whoever wants to run with that first. Sure. I'll jump in. So, um, like I said, you know, so I started, started my company, uh, about almost, it's almost been almost three years ago. And so the, the idea was, Hey, you know, grow a business, uh, large enough to replace my income so I can leave my day job. And, you know, after about probably nine months, uh, after starting, you know, I had a day where, um, you know, as an engineer, I made a decent salary and I had a day, uh, that my profits and my, my e-commerce business surpassed my salary. So then I was like, okay, well this can really happen. So I, so then I said, okay, let me, let me start putting a plan together. And, you know, I probably around that time I, you know, I started, uh, looking out and following, uh, you know, people like Scott Volker, Pat Flynn. And, and, and I really started realizing, you know, the Amazon, uh, FBA centric business is, um, you know, there's pitfalls with it. Right. So I, so then I started a second company, uh, because I thought, well, I don't want to leave my job and then have, you know, uh, my, my entire revenue stream disappear. So I started a second brand and the goal was to bring both of those brands up to a point where, you know, um, I could extract a salary out and replace my day job. And if something happened to either one of them, I would be okay because the other one would be self-sustaining. So, so, uh, redundant revenue streams was really high on my list. Um, that was number one. And, you know, a couple of the other items, you know, uh, having, um, expenses. So I thought, okay, well, if I can decrease my expenses now over the next six months, 12 months, cut out all the stuff I don't need, cut out all the fancy stuff, really squeeze down my expenses. Well, then it will, it'll take less of a salary for me to leave my day job. Right. So I, I worked on, um, paying off any debt, squeezing down expenses and it made it easier to, to, to actually leave. 
Um, and the other thing was, was having, and for me personally, ha- having a, a six months, uh, living expenses, uh, in, in a liquid account cash. So if something catastrophic did happen, I have six months to figure it out before I have to go back and get a job. So, uh, and then kind of the last, uh, the last thing was, uh, health insurance. That was for me was one of the scariest things. Cause I had never done that before, but you know, after researching and talking to a bunch of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, there was lots of different choices, um, with that. So that wasn't just, that, that was just more of a roadblock, a mental roadblock of not having, having done that before. Um, so I figured that out. And then that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. And then it was really like timing, you know, like, okay, when do I do this? Um, like you said, you know, knowing your numbers is crucial. Like if you don't know your numbers, then, uh, yeah, then it's, you know, might, might not, might not work out as well. So really drilling in on, yeah, really drilling in on those and, um, just leaning on my network, you know, like David is CPA, you know, he's really, he's a wizard with numbers. So reaching out, talking with, you know, with, with, uh, masterminds and stuff and just kind of touching all the points. So that that was kind of my rough roadmap of uh, exiting. All right. Very good. And we'll, we'll definitely circle back around to a lot of that stuff because you did a lot of the similar things that I've done. I think people would be, it'd be beneficial to kind of dive into some of that, but uh, let's jump over to David and kind of hear your background so far on firing your man. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say uh, I've definitely played the long game here. Uh, For the first three years, I did not pull a single dollar out of the business. I was reinvesting all my profits uh, back into inventory and new products and uh, just trying to grow and scale as fast as I can. And, you know, one thing that I would encourage people to think about is if you want to fire the man, do not quit your job and then start a business. Uh, you, you need some cash flow and uh, you can generate cash flow faster when inv- reinvesting your profits. And so, um, as Ken mentioned, I'm a CPA and I really do nerd out on, uh, on income statements and balance sheets. And so, uh, this has been something I've taken a hard look at. Uh, you know, Right off the bat, I think a lot of people think, uh, say they are making $5,000 a month at their job. They may think, well, if I can have net income of $5,000 per month in my e-commerce business, I'm set. I'm going to leave. And what I found is you really, if you do that and you start to draw that salary, you're going to really strangle your company from a cash flow standpoint. And so... What I encourage people to do is replace your salary or income uh, by a factor of two or three. Um, I'm a very risk averse person. Um, that's one of the reasons I was actually attracted to the profession of being a CPA was uh, it is like as steady as it gets. And so, you know, what I'm trying to do is replace my income by a factor of three. And what that'll allow me to do when I do fire the man is draw my salary. Uh, that I'm currently getting at my job, but then reinvest, continue to reinvest in the business and continue to grow and scale the business. And so that's that's one thing that I've been focusing on is reinvestment and uh, trying to replace my income by a factor of three. Uh, the other thing, and this is a little um, off topic, but I have taken some money. What I have taken out of e-commerce, I have invested into rental properties. And uh, you may think that there's like, very little connection between 
uh, e-commerce and, and rental properties, but there's a lot of similarities in that um, it's like quasi-passive. Like I haven't found a truly passive uh, way to earn money, like to where a check just shows up. Um, it, it requires some work, but uh, you know, FBA, for instance, uh, people are shipping out your goods for you. You don't have to do that on, on your own. Uh, but it's not fully passive, right? You know that it's it's a uh, it can be a full time job, and uh, I would say the same thing is true with rental properties, where that rent check comes in. Um, but hey, you get that two a.m. call. Hey, my toilet is overflowing, and uh, and you need to address that. And so, um, you know, as Ken talked about diversifying into different sales channels, that's been something that I've been doing. But also uh, trying to build up some other income streams just in case my uh, Seller Central account were to get closed down. Uh, after firing the man. Yeah, uh, I actually do the retail or the retail, the uh, real estate thing as well. I have one rental right now. I'm looking to buy another one here probably in the next month or two and hopefully maybe two or three of them next year. So I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing. And it helps you give that extra cash flow coming in. I'm kind of looking at it more of like a, a retirement fund instead of putting money in a 401k and buying property and stuff like that. And yeah, you have issues every once in a while, but uh, I've been renting for almost two years now and almost nothing, as long as you have a decent tenant, you know, it really comes down to making sure you have a good tenant in there. Yeah. That is definitely your biggest asset is uh, a good tenant. For sure. All right, perfect. So both of you guys are kind of trying to hedge your bets, making sure you've got uh, your downside covered and things like that. So Ken, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, you did an emergency fund, but what else did you do to kind of protect yourself? And what recommendations do you have for other people? Like you said, you know, like you mentioned, emergency fund. Like for me personally, um, I have a, a higher risk tolerance. Uh, due to my, you know, my personal background, more, more so like David says, he, you know, he has a low risk tolerance. I have a higher risk tolerance, meaning I, I, I will gamble a little bit more. Um, so six months to me was was enough, um, you know, to to have in cash to 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 fall back on if, if something happened. Um, some of the other things also, like David mentioned. Um, and this comes, it came a little bit later, but diversifying into uh, different sales channels. And uh, Todd, we, we've talked prior about this, but I also, uh, you know, have uh, e-commerce websites that I sell, that I sell my products and brand. And, and uh, I also have uh, different sales channels, Etsy, uh, going into Walmart. So just continually, just continuously diversifying sales channels and um, having multiple revenue streams, right? Because and the uh, digital space, uh, e-commerce, uh, the landscape is uh, rapidly changing, right? So one year, something could be hot. The next, it's not. So you always have to uh, continuously test and, and try new things, uh, throw out what doesn't work and, and uh, go deeper on what does. Um, so, yeah, I would just say, you know, that if, if any advice would be that, just test, test what works and, and uh, scale it. Uh, but always, always have multiple sales channels, multiple revenue streams to, to diversify and, uh, and uh, decrease your risk. Yep. Always about, always about decreasing the risk and things. And I don't know if we mentioned, you guys are both in the private label world. I'm, of course, in the, the wholesale world. 
How are you finding, Ken, that diversification going? Are, are you making very much from those other channels as compared to Amazon? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the sales channels I'm on right now are eBay, Etsy, uh, my own website, Amazon FBA, and uh, going into Walmart. So I'm excited about going into Walmart. I don't have any stats on that right now, but... Uh, so, you know, I would say eBay is about, uh, and these sales channels are only less, probably six months old. Uh, eBay is just a few percentage. Uh, my website is scaling pretty rapidly. It's at about 5%. And uh, Etsy makes up about 8 to 10% of my sales now. So I'm slowly diversifying that pie. So I would say my website and Etsy are the two sales channels that I've found for, for you know, obviously we're in private label. So the categories brands that you're in are going to be are going to work differently on different sales channels. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with my website, uh, you know, having an email list, uh, pushing um, content, social media, organic traffic to my website is really helping. Uh, so you have to have that. You can't just throw up a website and get sales unless you're really good at Google ads or Facebook ads. Uh, but but Etsy, Etsy for this year for 2020 for me for for one of my uh, private label brands, it is, it's crushing it. Um, now it, it is a pay to play sales channel. Uh, but overall the fees on Etsy are, you know, 8% versus, you know, Amazon 15. Um, so you got a little bit more room to play with there. Um, but yeah, so Etsy is crushing it. I'm excited about Walmart. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Etsy, but of course it all depends on your product, right? You're probably not going to sell car parts on Etsy or something like that. Right. Supposed you yeah, could yeah. figure something out, but it might be might be a slow roll for sure. Yeah, yeah. My, so that brand that's that's crushing it on Etsy and mine is it's in the arts and craft space. So perfect niche. But you're right. Like it really depends on you know your your uh, your niche and your for the sales channel. Yeah, I've heard good things about. I think Redbubble is another one that's out there that's growing. Um, it, it's kind of like Etsy and some different niches and stuff like that and. Yeah, just diversifying and having the different income streams can can mean a lot. And it's just a part of growing a business as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just testing things out and, and seeing what works. And uh, yeah, really just adding new sales channels. And, you know, just like anything else, you, ha- you have to test it, see what works and, you know, scale it up or throw it out, pivot. Yep, absolutely. All right, David, uh, back to you on, uh, you know, people, what other tips do you have for people to prepare to leave their job or maybe decide if they're already ready? Definitely. I I think that a lot of people, when they're thinking about leaving their job, it's an all or nothing thing. Either I'm I'm, uh, either full-time employed for the man or I'm full-time employed for myself. And, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of flexibility there. For instance, you could go part-time. I can't tell you the number of people that come to our meetups that say, God, I'd love to do this, but I don't have time. And, uh, and you know, as the saying goes, time is money. And so uh, that may be an option it is, uh, is where you, you go from full-time to part-time. Uh, the other thing that I'd say is that when you do, when you are preparing to exit, um, try to go out on good terms uh, because if things don't pan out, you may be calling a year later and saying, hey, can I have my job back? And so as much as it may feel good to give Deb the middle finger on the way out, don't, uh, you know, go out on good terms and, uh, 
and, you know, protect those relationships because you may need them. And, uh, you know, I'd also say that um, if you're doing something that is, if you ultimately want to sell on uh, Amazon and your, your day job has nothing to do with that, maybe you should consider getting a different job uh, that still is stable um, to where you could be picking up some marketable skills. And so, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, if right now uh, I do a lot of work in mergers and acquisitions and uh, I plan on making an acquisition probably in the next one to two years. And so I can guarantee you that when I'm working on these projects, obviously I'm, I'm trying to do good work for our client, but I'm also thinking to myself like, okay, what do I want to know? You know, what do I want to get out of this experience? You know, when people think of compensation, oftentimes they're thinking about the cash flow going in and out of your account. Uh, but I would argue that the skills that you can pick up on the job are just as important. And so if you're doing something that has nothing to do with your ultimate goal, uh, you know, maybe try to find a job at like a, a digital marketing agency or learn a skill like PPC. That would pay huge dividends. Uh, when you, you know, launch your first product. And uh, so anyway, those are some like non-cash things that I think some people can think about as they're going through this entire process. Yeah, I agree 100% with finding uh, a job that will teach you skills uh, for whatever business you're trying to build, especially if you can afford it. You know, if you're young, really, especially then, you know, get out of your comfort zone, become an intern in some place that's doing e-commerce, or maybe it's an Amazon agency or something like that. And you'll pick up so many skills by doing that kind of stuff that you can then use in your own business to help grow it. And it's just a great way to basically get like free education. And I, I would also add to that, um, if you know somebody that has personally been successful in e-commerce, uh, reach out to them and offer up some of your time, whatever, whatever you have. If you're uh, good at Photoshop, say, listen, I will do, uh, you know, I'll do a couple hours of free Photoshop a week. Um, if we could get coffee once a week, I'd love to just ask you questions. You know, Ken and I say this all the time on our podcast, but the easiest way to get somewhere is to find someone who's been there and ask them how they did it. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of things in my life where I've, I've learned through the school of hard knocks and uh, made a ton of mistakes. And I've learned from that, definitely. But gosh, would it have been easier just to ask somebody who's already been through the process, hey, how, how do I do this? Uh, how did you do it? And uh, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not asking for a handout. Here's something of value. Here's some value that I can provide to you. And, uh, and maybe um, you will reciprocate that value through uh, just good advice or, or mentoring. Yeah, I think that is something really important to kind of highlight that, especially for uh, the younger people listening, because I think that's something that's kind of gone away or frowned upon in our society nowadays, especially doing things for free. Uh, and I think it's super important to get internships and things like that and learn from people who have been there and done it. And I, I remember a situation back uh, when I was owning TC Tech's computers still, which were a computer repair shop before I got into e-commerce. And 
there was a, a a younger kid who came in for an interview for an internship, and we were just paying the a minimum wage, which I think at the time was like seven twenty five or it might have been six seventy five or something like that. And we're interviewing him and stuff like that, and we asked him what he thought, and he asked about the wage. We told him, and he's like, "Well, I don't know. I can make more money at Walmart." All right. Well, good luck learning how to fix computers at Walmart. See you later. You know, so, and that's just always stuck in my mind. And a lot of people think that way, unfortunately. I think they're just thinking about where can I make the most money and not necessarily where can I gain the most knowledge? Yeah, it's really a short sighted way of thinking about things. Um, you know, I would say your greatest asset is, is your skills. Um, you know, money can go in your bank account, then you spend it, then it's gone. But uh, when you acquire a skill and you're good at something, you've got that for the rest of your life. And, uh, and I would say that has a much higher value than, you know, paper money. Yep, 100%. So, Dave, what does your future look like? What are your next steps here? When do you see yourself taking the leap? Well, as I mentioned before, I'm very risk adverse. And, and I, would, I would probably go one step further and say, like, I am the biggest wimp uh, when it comes to risk. And so I... Uh, I am, you know, in the process of, of, you know, replacing my income by a factor of three, buying up some rental properties and uh, continue to grow and, and scale uh, my brand. And at some point, um, there will be a, a logical point to jump off and do that full time. And uh, that's something that I, I'm, I'm working hard on. And so uh, Ken and I have had a lot of conversations and I'll tell you what, it's, uh, there's, something that kind of holds your feet to the fire. Uh, when you start a podcast with somebody called firing the man mm -hmm. six months into it, he fires the man and, uh, you know, we're coming up on a year and, and I'm still working. So, um, I'm feeling that pressure, but it's a good pressure. And, uh, and Ken has been, you know, a great resource in terms of, you know, asking questions and, and thinking of things that I may not be thinking about. So, uh, you know, I, I look to join Ken in the near future as a full-time e-commerce seller. Awesome. Awesome. That'll be a fantastic day. Trust me. It feels really good. Um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping your job however long you want to do it. The, the only issue that you want to kind of watch out for in my experience is burnout. You know, if you start feeling like you're just working too much, but if you can avoid that and you enjoy the work that you're doing in your job and in uh, the bi business as well, then you can keep it as long as you need. Definitely. For sure. All right, cool. Um, well, any last things, Ken, on your end that would help people that are contemplating leaving their job or maybe just starting a business? Yeah, sure. So a couple things that come to mind. Um, one is uh, one thing that was really, really huge for me was to surround myself with like-minded people. You know, so I'm an introvert by nature. So my um, my inner circle is very small, right? But like David said, you know, my kids were tired of me cornering them, talking to them about PPC and listing optimizations and you know, my girlfriend had enough of uh, my marketing strategies and my email list building. So I, I was like, okay, I, I've got to, I've got to reach out here. So I went and joined um, a couple of meetup groups. I uh, joined a couple of masterminds, went to a couple of conferences. That's where Todd, that's where you and I met. So that, that was really, really um, a huge leap for me is to start surrounding myself with like-minded people. And I've learned so much from that. 
And if any bit of advice would be that, uh, just surround yourself with like-minded, positive people that are gonna, that are gonna have your back, right? And that are gonna be positive and, and um, help you along on your journey. Um, another piece of advice I would say that's often um, underrated and overlooked is mental, like mental um, strength. Because if we, um, a lot of uh, our brain works on positive uh, vibes and energy and if, and we always like negative thoughts creep into our mind. So what I have found, which is, what is super helpful for me is just studying uh, and staying mentally strong. Like I have a, I, whoever's watching on YouTube, I have a, a sign in my uh, office right here. It says burn the boats. And that, that. yeah, that, that is, uh, it's on my wall for a reason. And I, I am not giving myself any mental outs. So that, that quote comes from the conquistador Cortez when he landed on an island to conquer the Aztecs and his troops, I don't know how many he had, like say he had 500 troops and there were 5,000 Aztecs. He gave an order to burn the boats. Like they weren't going back home. So you either go in there and conquer the Aztecs or suffer a fate, right? So if you don't give yourself an out, if you say, hey, I'm going, I, you set a goal and you say, I'm going to do this and then you put 100% effort into it, you're likely going to achieve that. So being mentally strong. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. There, There's, you know, if you give yourself an out, then you probably will not be giving full effort towards that. Uh, it's There's definitely something to be said that when everything is on the line, your back's up against the wall, you'll make it happen one way or another. And that's, you know, one way definitely to go about it. You know, obviously, like you said, you're more okay with the risk. David <laughs> is not so much. He wants to have more of the fallbacks and stuff, which is awesome. Both ways are fine. Uh, not really one better than the other necessarily, but uh, just really awesome that you guys were able to find each other at a networking group. And I would echo you know, finding people and surrounding yourself, whether they're in your location or, you know, around the country and, you know, you can connect on Skype or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm actually thinking of doing the same thing, starting a, a networking group here in Utah, where I live. You know, I have one friend here uh, who's uh, into e-commerce and we're going to start running and together and stuff like that. And, and that'll help, but it'd be nice to have a group of like-minded people that kind of can push and keep each other moving forward. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. I would, I would really encourage you to do that. And uh, when I started it, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, really not a huge burden, right? All you do is I go to meetup.com. That's where I do all, all my meetups at uh you post a page it's just like setting up a facebook page you call a restaurant or a bar this is pre-covid but things will get back to normal at some point you call a restaurant or bar and say hey can i rent out the back room um and generally they'll say yeah you can have it for free as long as you have a bar tab of 200 bucks or whatever and uh and then you just show up and i think you'll be surprised at how many people just come out of the woodwork you know i had never met another amazon seller until I started this meetup. And, uh, you know, at, you know, I think back in February, we had 210 members and, uh, obviously wow. 210 people don't show up to every meeting. Um, but you know, they get our messages, they're welcome to come. 
It doesn't cost them anything. And, uh, and so definitely do that. And that would be my one pro tip is, uh, is build out that network, find a networking event. And if it doesn't show up, then create one. It's, it is not that hard. And, uh, I, I can tell you that that is a positive ROI activity for sure. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it for like the last year, but for obvious reasons with everything going on, it's been, been difficult, but let's dive into, into that, your process of creating that for my own information and anybody else who might want to start a group in their local area. Uh, what kind of tools, what did you use to start that group and promote it and get other people to know it existed? Yeah. So, um, I would say this differs from a website. There's a movie, uh, field of dreams. And there's a quote in there. Kevin Costner says, if you build it, they will come. And I've had a handful of websites that I've built. They've looked nice, but no one showed up. And uh, meetup.com is, uh, is different. Um, you know, I just created a page and uh, people kind of just started signing up. And so I would actually encourage you uh, to start one right now um, because slowly people will just start to sign up and get notifications. I, uh, I actually, in April... So when things were totally shut down in my area, I started a local meetup in my hometown for real estate. And we haven't even had a meeting yet, but it's up to like 40 members. And uh, I think people are at home. Uh, they are glued to their phones. And uh, when they see you know, a real estate meetup or an e-commerce meetup, they'll sign up because they're excited for things to open up. And so I'd encourage you to do that now. Um, and then you know, we would just have uh, monthly meetings um, I think we were doing like the first Tuesday of every month, but, you know, find a time that, that works for you and, uh, and pick a place that you enjoy going. Uh, I picked a restaurant that I, that has good beer and, and good food because I'm going to be going there once a month. And, uh, so be a little selfish here and <laughs> pick something that you like. And uh, I'm sure other people will like it as well. And, uh, you know, typically we would have, it would just be networking. So we, you know, um, I did have a rule nothing salesy. If you're coming here to sell something, you're not welcome. Um, and this was something, you know, I wanted it to be free. I wanted it to be authentic and, uh, was very hesitant about picking up sponsors. And, uh, if you think of like the cost, how much does this cost me? It was 15 bucks a month because people yeah. show up, they buy their own drinks, they buy their own food. Um, and the space that I was renting was, I wasn't renting it. It was free as long as we had a $200 tab. And so, um, really a low cost there. And so, um, we brought in some people to present and, uh, I can tell you one thing I've been doing in quarantine is checking out, uh, Carlos Alvarez. Uh, he has the biggest meetup in the world, Amazon meetup in the world. And when it comes to meetups, that guy does it right. And yeah. so, um, and you know, I talked to him about it and he said, you know, model yours off of mine. I don't care. Copy it copy and paste. It doesn't matter to me. Um, he, he really finds a lot of value in, in his area. And, uh, and so, you know, when things do open back up, I'm going to be modeling a lot of things that he's doing, uh, cause it's working for him. And, and, uh, and I, I'm looking to continue to grow and scale the, the St. Louis e-commerce club. All right, cool. Carlos Alvarez. And does he have like a website where he teaches this or you just go to his meetup group and, and look at it? He's got an Ken, what's the name of his podcast? It's awesome. Yeah, so he's got a he's got tons of uh channels, but I would definitely say uh Wizards of Amazon and uh his Facebook group and uh, he's on Telegram and he's also launching Wizards of Ecom as well. So 
Okay, cool. We'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, I've used meetup.com before. Um, so cool to hear that that's what you've been using. I, I think I've tried to do it on Facebook, but Facebook just, you don't get any organic growth really on Facebook. It doesn't seem like compared to meetup.com. Have you tried Facebook or you just use meetup.com for everything? I use meetup.com for everything. I haven't tried Facebook, but but I would say, you know, I've started some like brand pages there. And that's one of those things, unless you're publishing content all the time, uh, people aren't going to show up. And uh, to say that, like, aside from just emailing the group, I have done nothing. And, it, and we've grown to 210 members. I don't, they, Meetup does an excellent job of bringing traffic in. And uh, then it's up to you to, to schedule things. And so I, I really like it. And so I, I can tell you, if, if you build it, that they will come. All right. <laughs> Well, I will build it after this episode here then and get started. And anybody else who's out there listening, you want to meet people who are like-minded, start yours as well. Like you said, it's 15 bucks a month or whatever, but sign up with the business card. It's a business expense, write it off. You'll be good. There you go. All right, cool. Well, David and Ken, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Your guys' podcast, Firing the Man. What's the best way for people to listen and find out more about you guys? So our website's firingtheman.com. Uh, and we're on, uh, I believe, 22 syndicated channels for our podcast. Uh, if you go on any, whatever, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, if you go and search Firing the Man, uh, you will find us. All right. And awesome. uh, check us out on social media as well at Firing the Man on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Perfect. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Um, you guys do a fantastic job. I was on your guys' podcast, uh, I don't know, a couple months or so ago now and appreciate that. So really glad you guys could come on the show here. I think people get a lot of really good knowledge out of it. All right. So there you go. Another great episode there with Ken and David from Firing the Man podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that out there and got some really good tips on starting to build yourself towards leaving your job if that's something that you want to do. You have to kind of gauge your risk level, right? As we talked about in the podcast, are you more risk averse or are you okay with taking more risk and build your fallback according to what you need? But start doing that now. If you're building your business or you're not even getting started, Start building your emergency fund. Start building your course of action that you're going to take to eventually leave your job. The sooner you can start planning for that, the better because you have more time to build that out. What a lot of people do is they're like, okay, I'm ready. They just leave with no plan in place. And that is not a good place to be. In my own experience, I had that happen to myself. I had to go back, take the job, Again, and it's definitely not fun to have to do that and start kind of from scratch, right? So start your plan now for leaving your job and going into your business full-time if that's something you want to do. So really hope you appreciated and enjoyed that episode. Again, the show notes over at entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash 53. And of course, firingtheman.com for their podcast or on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. So with that, I'm your host, Todd Welch, signing off. Happy selling, everybody. This has been another episode of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. 
Thanks for listening, fellow entrepreneur. And always remember, success is yours if you take it.